0: Welcome to Switched On with Paul Moderman and James Wood. Strap in for great chats with super smart people on SAP solutions, Microsoft Azure cloud development, and everything in between. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Switched On with Paul Moderman and James Wood, where we blow the doors off the nerd universe, especially when it comes to SAP and Microsoft and and things like that. And and we're continuing our journey on the sort of this James, how would you describe it? Like the, the value proposition of really considering things in terms of platforms, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. That.
0: Yeah. And and we've had kind of a smattering of guests throughout. We've, we've talked to some folks who are like really deep inside the Microsoft uh, Power Platform and things in there, but that's certainly not the only place to go and talk about these things. And what we have lined up today, you know, I say this every time, but I really think this time, like... We have the single best guest we've ever had, and no offense to our previous guest, but this person kind of it eclipses them all, really. And so I really want to set, like, right expectations by saying, if this if this episode doesn't completely reshape your entire psyche, then we have failed as podcasters. So without further ado, I present the the incredible, the Austrian sensation, Matthias Steiner of Neptune Software here to to expand our universes. Matthias, we we always do like a a sort of welcoming sort of intro kind of thing with bio with our guests. So we, we invite you to just tell us about yourself and say whatever you feel is necessary for our listeners to kind of understand like the Matthias experience.
2: Thanks. Way too kind. I'm just <laughs> glad we're not distributing the video because otherwise everybody <laughs> would see me blush. Um, I probably I probably have to start with some expectation management before I talk about introductions. No, I'm I'm super happy to have been invited by yourself and James, and it's it's a great privilege to be here. I'm definitely hoping that I can add value to converse, to the conversation. About those that don't know me, let's, let's just keep it brief as it gets. So I. I spent the last two decades in an SAP-centric role in technology. Out of those 20 years, 17 at SAP itself. I can roughly break this down into two decades, if you will. The first 10 I spent as a, as a software architect in, in, a, in an organization that was called Custom Development. So really driving custom-specific implementation projects for SAP's customer. When I left, it was like two or 3,000 people strong. So quite, quite big organization. And, you know, my vector in this was always combining SAP with, with open source. So that was really the thing uh-huh. that brought me to the to this. It was very interesting because it was different industries, different technologies, so, you know, like 10 years sounds like a whole lot, especially I think for our US based uh, <laughs> audience that may think, well, wow, that's a lifetime, but it was always different projects and it never got old. And after that, As I said, as part of this project, I got to know a product in its very early incubation phase, which then became the SAP Cloud Platform. Of course, there were probably a a gazillion of renamings in between. (laughs) Nowadays, they call it the business technology platform. But I was part of the original product crew, then grew kind of into the role of being a a spokesperson and then took over more and more product management related roles. Uh Uh-huh. And before I left, I then had the central product management team for the last two years running product management at Neptune, Neptune software, which is a, as I always say, like a rapid application development platform that Mm -hmm. tries to bridge SAP and non-SAP. So pretty much just a continuation for my whole, you know, career so far. When I'm not working, I have a huge family. I have four kids. So that (laughs) definitely takes a lot of my free time. And then um, whenever I get the chance, I try to do a little bit of endurance sports. I, you know, it goes, it it comes and goes as, as the time allows, but um, I'm a little bit into triathlon, just trying, you know, why, why, why suck at one sport when you can suck at three. (laughs) So that's, so that's where I'm at. It's great. It, you know, it gets me out of the house. It gives me a little bit of time, you know, to just be by myself and, 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 you know, think things through, but yeah, that's, that's. That's my life, especially that's, these days without Corona. There's very little else. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's oof boy, I like the, the temptation is to, to, to dive into that. And I want to steer clear of it because I think that's a, that's a black hole that we could all fall into mm. there, mm. but your, your point on triathlons is well taken in terms of like, that's a very efficient approach to sucking at sports. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so one of the reasons, one of the reasons among many that we reached out was that we, we saw a blog post you had done on, back in the sap community just to, just about like a little, a little less than a month ago and it was it was it, the title was myth busting no code low code and really just not that we need to like sort of list, and now we're going to read the blog post to our listeners and everyone will be, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone will be happy. but but what it did what it did for us was really uh, kind of highlight some of the things that we encounter every day when we talk about but and, the, and it goes above above and beyond low code and no code to really maybe the maybe the key phrase here is understanding platforms, which I'm not sure everyone does, right? But so but let me let me start by asking you what what do people not understand that they need to understand about low code slash no code? Like in
2: we'll your in your start. conversations, in your yeah.
0: conversations with folks what are, what are they bringing to the table as far as misconceptions?
2: You know what I mean? No. I mean, just, just, just for the record, I think you were part of those early engagements that I had just after TechEd. I think there was a big conversations that we had on Twitter Yeah, where I started to see some of those misconceptions. And then in this echo chamber after TechEd, I saw the same things again. And it always depends on, on whom you're talking to. Just, just today I had a conversation with, with, high-level management people with an SAP-centered view on the world. But they're coming from the business side and they opened up the conversation with saying, I don't believe in no-code, low no code Right. And I was like, that's a great starter into <laughs> this conversation because, I mean, the way that why I'm using those terms is primarily because for that's that's what everybody is searching for, right? This is right. what you need to do right. from a search engine optimization perspective ultimately as you can see i'm a gray hat developer so i (laughs) I typically use rapid application development platform much more because i think that's closer to the value proposition it's rapid app development which translates in business speak shorter time to market shorter time to value Mm. and and i think that's that's the fundamental thing to get that no code low code that's just ways to achieve a means but i i you know i have sophisticated platform like like spring boot for example that you know just takes a very opinionated approach where you just say this is the the standard way and if you want to defer from the standard you just annotate your code whatever it is if you have stuff that you know i think i think the the main thing is what's the business value and i think this is right. where the conversation should start when we talk about platform what's the business value you know I it's think it, that's a good point i think
0: that's i think you, you brought up something interesting there and i think and i think this this is just sort of occurring to me now so you're about to see some verbal jazz go on here as i kind of figure out my thoughts here but there's there it's almost like there's a there's a branding mistake going on here in including the word code in this space right because i i kind of think that actually rapid app development is a better a better way to say what's going on here, right? Because as soon as you say code, everyone, who, people who don't write code immediately go, oh, this has to do with code in some way. Even if you say no code, it still triggers the word code. And then they're like, well, if, it, if it's code, it's custom development. And then I have to do a huge freaking project and I get all tied down. But the, the end result of what people want, of what business users want, is they want applications that do the thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would argue that you as a business user and maybe you as a developer, although I'm not sure, you should not want code. You should want applications, right? So so at the end of the day, code produces applications for the most part, but if you're not the one writing the application or you're not the one writing the code, I should say, who cares? You still got an application that is doing the thing you needed to do, right? So I, I think there's a, maybe maybe there's a branding mistake going on in the Sort of the Gartnerization of this space, right? I don't know. I'm just tossing. I'm just tossing that out there as a
2: as you a know, as
0: a noodle thought.
2: <laughs> you know the the three hard things in engineering. Yeah, is naming things <laughs> and off maybe. by one arrows. I think that's <laughs> it's. I, I, I state that so often because I feel yes, it's like. Why, why focus on, on the way this is accomplished instead of what we want to accomplish? Yeah. As you said, it's all about the apps. So a typical conversation would be on a business level is, do you think that your IT department is delivering you all the apps you need to propel your business forward? Mm. And only one customer that says yes from yeah, the get-go. I was going to say, it's like, this,
0: who, who says yes to that question, right? Nobody. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah and i think that's that's probably a good way to start the conversation it's like because again i'm just referring to this conversation i had today we pretty much on the topic is yeah but you know what type of applications are we developing with those tools is it the same type of applications how do you fragment that and i said yeah that's probably a good starting point because as I always said if if you're building a house do it with professional construction workers if you just Mm -hmm. want to build a a, you know a barn in your backyard (laughs) hey if you have the dexterity and the craftsmanship you probably can do it by yourself same as about replacing a kitchen sink. you know I mean that's that's pretty much where it is but you need different tools you need like I said uh, probably also not as expensive as the tools that the professional construction workers use but they get the job done And, and and that's I think a good analogy, if you will, to just compare that to, yeah, real life, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, construction building. I,
0: you know, that, that analogy I think applies to, to like cause I, a lot of the hate, the haters a lot of the haters out there are developers, right? Possibly most of the haters out there of the low-code mm. things mm. are the developers who say, nah, there's no way low-code is BS, whatever right? what mm. uh, but, but what I think is underneath the covers of that is possibly fear right they they may have in their hearts like oh are these gonna take our jobs and that's like like if you if you dig under that my opinion is that's a crazy thing to fear right you're you're never gonna be out of stuff to do as a developer right these these tools these tools do not hurt you these tools do not affect you in any way uh, like the the people who people who react with that have the same, misconception going on I think of, of what of what this space really is
1: well no, I think you touched on something here you know it, it's it's what you unlock right I mean yeah. you know I, I can think of so many projects where amazing developers you know some of the best viewer developers I've ever encountered you know can go in and build apps and they're great but you know basically if you look at it from a budget perspective, we have you know a finite amount of resources and time and at the end of say 6 to 12 months what do we really have there we have some yeah. you know fairly pretty <laughs> let's say crud applications <laughs> that do the thing but look at all we've kind of left on the table it's like now we've actually got something to get the data in the system but the cool stuff is is still kind of sitting there uh, untapped you know we we haven't explored I don't know machine learning. You know some of these other things that you know might be a better uh, use of those pro code resources. You know, as opposed to doing cookie cutter kinds of things, which, let's be honest, that's a big part of most every company's IT backlog. Of you know, I need interfaces. I need reports. I need you know apps to do this or that. You know, a lot of it is pretty mundane. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
2: and, and and yeah, I think as always, it's all this hype and uh, engineers clearly saying it's bullshit. I know how complex these things are. You can't just magically take the abstraction away. I mean, you can never, you know, take complexity away. So so you can only just provide meaningful defaults. um, And if that's not good enough for a lot of scenarios that they typically spend their time on. I think if we would approach the, the techies by saying, hey, no code and low code helps you to get less workload on your desk so that you can yeah. focus on where you can really, you know, bring value to the conversation and all that tedious, boring things that, you you know, you don't want to do anyway. This, we can finally empower the rest of the organization to do. And then I think they would be listening, you know, like, hey, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think the, the guys, the where the revolution is born right now we're starting it here <laughs> everyone sign this document that says you're now on the on the rapid app development rebel squad and we'll we'll go up against the death star of normal app development or status quo app development right
1: it won't be televised but it'll be out <laughs> on the podcast airways yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we'll start we'll start with our listener base which is just, <laughs> just huge and uh, we'll grow from there matthias so how do i put this where like as you survey the landscape of of the things that you're stitching together or bringing together or or whatever in terms of the in terms of the the platform you guys are building what are some of the what are some of the players in your space missing for example like what does SAP not have that you wish SAP had that would make your platform even better
2: Oh boy, that's a, that's a fairly broad question at the moment. And, and as I said, I mean, I, I have spent a, a long, long time with the company. I, I definitely think it's, it's a great company. Mm-hmm. I have so many friends and colleagues there. Yeah, And, and that, definitely... so.
0: And please understand <laughs> my question is not intended as a, uh, okay, start the, start the bitch session about SAP, but yeah, more yeah, just yeah. in terms of like the, the, the pieces, right? What are the pieces that are, that are not quite there yet that would that would like level you guys up you know what i mean
2: the number one point of critique and this is the one i'm i'm airing very or voicing very openly at the moment is the way how sap is partnering with people Mm. and i can just say that's it's just not at, at the level it needs to be and i this is of course for me a somewhat a new experience because i've primarily work from the inside but yeah it's hard it's really hard it's like you have nobody that really cares or is empowered to even make any decisions so oh, if i sure. wouldn't have this this network that we you know that i was fortunate and privileged to build with the sap mentor program yeah then i don't know how other people can navigate through this for example one of the first things i did of course want to say how can the neptune digital experience platform work uh in a complementary fashion with the business technology platform. And for that, I signed up as a for a partner account. And boy, it, it took weeks. It took me. Yeah. I, I mean, I built this whole thing. It took me <laughs> weeks to get an account. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> how can somebody else that does not exactly know which type of questions to ask, figure this out? I, I'm sure that a lot of this has changed in the meanwhile. But that was my first touch point as a partner. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, and these days, I just feel it's that's the one thing I think when it comes to partnering and, and, and I'm just being really consistent here. And, and, and I know that, you know, Bjorn Gorky even wrote a blog post, uh, that's the former CTO for those who don't know, mm-hmm. wrote a blog post about it that I truly almost religiously believe. And I think platform needs to be, an, a, a, you know, like a positive sum game. I mean, a platform oh, sure. means you need to have many people that benefit from it. And I don't see any of that. And that was also the point of critique that I, I raised after tech. And I said, "Where were the partner stories? Mm. I mean, I, I didn't see any. Mm. And when I say partners then then go not give me the big five as eyes. I mean, what are the partners? Yeah. You know, like the, the, where are they? Yeah. Um, and and I just think that the whole approach to that needs to change. If SAP really want, I mean, and that's what they made made it everything so big. I mean, how many SAP add-ons are in in the business suite? That's like thousands. That's mm-hmm. what really made the thing mm-hmm. big, right? Yeah. At the moment, is like yeah, it's it's just they need to get better at that, and that's the number one thing that I think I would love to see, and that you know, just advocating on let's, let's yeah. keep an open dialogue yeah where
1: does yeah. apis or, or lack thereof rank on that list for you
2: you know apis okay i mean for example how, how long have you been been heard about that they want to build this sap graph one domain model yeah that, that they know spans across all the intelligent suite um i don't know i'm Yes, I know we have what probably business partner um, APIs, but beyond mm-hmm. that, <laughs> I, I haven't <laughs> seen much, but I'm not following. But this is the thing. I mean, when SAP, when I was still around, we really focused to say, hey, it's a platform. We want people to provide capabilities to the platform. And SAP will focus on really where SAP is still the best when it comes to applied machine learning to drive business processes, right? Yeah. When it comes to yeah. providing yeah, all this non-sexy business stuff like tax and 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 regulations and just that's that's everybody's happy when they take it off their plates, right? But a lot of the other stuff, why not open it up and establish ways that more people can say make the platform more powerful? Because I ultimately believe that the more powerful the platform the more intriguing it becomes for customers and the more customers, the more people want to develop, you know, so right. it's like, it's it's this motion you need to put in, in place and really nurture it. Yeah, and at the moment, it's just, yeah, it's, it's hard from the outside.
0: You know, yep. that's an interesting thing. I, and I think because you landed on the platform there as a concept, mm-hmm. and yeah. to me, that's something that's huge these days in terms of comparing and contrasting like all of the players and what does platform mean to each of them? Right, because because you could you could compare SAP with things like Salesforce or ServiceNow or whatever and think about their platforms. And you can also do kind of the same exercise, maybe, with the GCP AWS, Azure, right? Now those guys are providing a different kind of thing a little bit, but at the same time, the word platform is there and the and the intention is there for yes. Build on top of this, right? This thing we have is intended for people to come to the table and bring their pieces there. And for some of those players, it's working. And for some of those players, I'm not sure if it's working. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, a platform is always at the highest level saying, let me cover some of the complexity for you so you can focus on your distinct you know, core business. That's yeah. what platform is all about. Mm-hmm. You saw it with the hyperskaters. Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. I just want to build at higher abstraction mm-hmm. levels. Yes, I need to understand how the lower levels work uh, to be efficient and, and do something properly. But that's the thing. And, and that's the value prop of, of, of platforms. And I think you can stack them, right? It, yeah. It's not like uh, the, the, that's fine. Right. And we always know that the lowest levels will become commodity. And that is, yes, of course, there's an evolution also on the concept of platforms, but.
0: Right. It's like, it's like you need a platform platform, right? (laughs) You're stacking platforms there and you need a platform platform. So let me ask you this then. Thinking about, thinking about that kind of stacking or, or kind of looking forward, like what's coming down the road for you or what are you excited about in the next few years you know, either in terms of your personal interests in tech or in terms of maybe what you're going after at Neptune or whatever, like what's, what's happening that's making you go, oh, this is going to be different
2: in, let's say five years. So it's not going to be blockchain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, And it's probably also not machine learning, even Mm. though I think there is great scenarios for machine learning mm-hmm. it's just that a lot of people like uh, all creativity and it's typically mm-hmm. used for really bad things instead of some really cool things and and this may now sound like i'm just <laughs> very narrow-minded <laughs> but as i said i spent like like two decades on this topic i i understand the following and, and enough I've, I've lived the life of a software engineer It's there's always timelines there's always cutting edge technologies there's always Un, undertrained people that you're working with uh-huh. and it's it's hard business and and you're typically the ones that fulfill you know other people's promises and we are constantly overloaded and 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 yeah. it's just getting worse and worse and and this has there, there's no way denying it as the more companies really need the engineers it's just it's we can't continue the way we have started so the question is how fast will this mindset really you know Be spread that people understand that let's put our, you know, all our bias aside for a moment and and look at the problem more holistically. So, how can we empower more people to help in creating apps and, and apps really in the same? meaning as the apps we have on our phones i mean not all of them are like really sophisticated and and you know like some of them are really easy but they get the job done for christ's sakes and they make their life easier so that's what we're talking about and with that comes really the biggest question is it's how do we make sure it's it's somewhat governed that the people are using just you know release functionality that what they create perfectly matches the the long-term technology strategy of the company that we don't, you know, that we make sure that we're not creating the same type of application uh, three times or 10 times in different organizations. So there needs to be some smart logic behind it to say mm-hmm. what does all these apps do and mm-hmm. and how does it work? So the way I see it, IT really needs to change for being the one that delivers all the applications to being the one that empowers Overall, uh, company to say these are the parts that you can build, and if you use the tools that we provide to you, you don't need to be worried that you will do something wrong, or that you break things, or that you do stuff that just adds technical depth. No, these are the tools that we provide to you in alignment with our three, five, ten-year strategy, and we want to use them. That's that's the big change, and. As always, I see more people starting to think about these concepts, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen anybody that really making huge strides or, or really that we can say these are really success stories on a higher level. We say this is really working already, like combining citizen developership and professional ITs in a full-fledged fashion. But that's what I'm excited about. And that's ultimately where I think, yeah, if, if, if we can, I want to be, be playing in that field
1: we've had these conversations with customers you know what starts off as a technology conversation quickly segues into i think kind of what you touched on which is it's really to a large extent about organizational change management mm. rethinking the way not only that we do it but just in general you know the, the teamwork <laughs> concept you know within these organizations where you know naturally people have a tendency to be a little bit territorial you know sap ecosystems in particular you know mm. we found a lot mm. of customers mm. kind of like to live in isolation they they don't really always play well with others and, and you know as we've been kind of going on this this journey in, in this podcast we've, we've talked a little bit about you know that gartner concept of, of fusion teams and, and you know honestly how foreign that is in a lot of organizations you know even as it relates to things like devops and you know, to me, you talk about platforms and layers of abstraction, you know, I think to a large extent, the the intent is to let people play to their respective strengths. Mm -hmm. But in order for that to work, we all kind of have to cede a little bit of control, (laughs) you know, and that's, I think, a a painful thing that, you know, it's, it's not that the technology platforms aren't there, or (laughs) or that the tools aren't mature enough. It's more of, are we mature enough as an organization to take that step?
2: And and control always sounds so dry. Yeah. So being very close to the marketing side, I prefer the word guardrails. I just right? say, how can we make it easier? You know, and just say, hey, we have guardrails for our platform, so you don't have to worry about you know falling off to the left or falling down to the right. But we will guide you through the process and make sure that we foresee some of the challenges and help you navigate them early on. And I think that's a much more positive spin to, you know, than to just say, we need to control what you're doing. You know, if we don't want to control you, we, we just want to make sure that, you know, not by accident, you're creating more problems than, than we solve with this thing. <laughs> and, 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 but as you said, it's all about culture and, 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 Hey, I mean, let's, let's just, I mean, we're talking about DevOps for, for how many years now and, and, How many large SAP customers have picked that up in in their IT organization? I don't I don't know. That would be really interesting things for me to see, but I I still see a lot of old thinking, you know, a lot of yeah, let's write a big spec and 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 and, and take it from there. And it's just yeah, as I sometimes said, a good rapid application development platform maybe some of this old thinking to say let's have wider functional specification is just obsolete because why not do you know design thinking or rapid prototyping until you have yeah. what you what what really think and then you just maybe the platform can even help you document what you have you know and this would be a smart way of machine learning to say hey what are the apis that we have in there what are the, what are the screen labels say um, what are the code comments in there say can we create like a little abstract to just document what we have built there yeah you know so that the next time somebody wants to build a similar application consuming the same set of apis we can say hey your buddy over there uh, create something that also says birthday list for managers. Maybe yeah. you just don't need to develop this application at all. <laughs> and I think that's the interesting thing. Is I'm hundred percent sure from my experience in the past, that this is even something that hasn't even happened in it yet. I mean, how many, organizations or teams within large organizations are creating the same things all over again. You know? Oh my God. And because there's no governance. Oh so, my God. I don't even, that's a, so, that's a scary so, thought, isn't it? So, yeah. And this is why I said, so people are so reluctant sometimes about the word governance, but I said, Hey, I mean, it could really help us streamline and build better software because a lot more of the stuff that we create will make sure that it matches overarching you know guidelines like everything on brand, reuse of components, reuse of code, you know, reuse of apps. And and so this is an interesting thing. And I think that's also something where maybe some of the, the you know the engineers or the architects finally say, yeah, we all know that good code is about componentization and structuring it. And keeping it alive you know it's code is never done and so this mindset needs to trickle down a little bit as well To saying we're not trying to completely reinvent the wheel here we're just saying let's just make it more scalable and that's at the end of the day what we're talking about how can we scale app development because yeah if if you need to you know depend on 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 the trained engineers out there they are expensive there's too few of them out there then we'll never yeah yeah, it'll it just never it'll just
0: never get done. Things will never, no, get, it will done. never get done.
2: Yeah. Well, that, especially
1: that, now, you know, like so. We're sitting here at the end of 2021. I wonder how many customers look back and see that their backlog in it got bigger, not smaller.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah, we didn't whittle it down all that much. You know, we, we kept it afloat. <laughs> hmm. Business added a bunch of stuff onto the end, and you know, we'll slingshot into the new year and try it again. <laughs> what, and and it I,
0: one of the things I hate about that stuff too is the like it there there's two ways for that to really be terrible or I should say there's at least two ways for that to be really terrible. And one way is for that that list to to grow and have time stretch out and then things that were time dependent just lose like the value prop is gone, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing is is that the, somebody's working through the list and six months later they hit one of the things and they burn a bunch of time doing that thing. And then they discover that thing was time dependent. Right. So they, they deliver a report or whatever. I saw this in a ton of places, like a report gets delivered six months later and it like by the statistics in like, you know, BW or whatever, you'd see that zero users ever opened that report right because the request came in and by the time it was done it was no longer relevant but it was relevant the day it was requested right so it's it's there's 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 at least two ways for things to follow that and i I hate i hate that feeling hate that feeling matthias i have a different kind of question for you so thinking back to to young matthias with with his fresh face and wide eyes and stars in his eyes and all that kind of stuff What, what would you, what would you say to young Matthias about, you know, going about his work in software, software development Like what would Matthias now say to that young, the young spry Matthias doing his, doing his goof
2: off (laughs) things in, in SAP or whatever. Right. What would you say? This is interesting. And so far that I don't know how my 20 year old or 25 year old would have actually listened to me (laughs) because, because. What I realized as I got older is that I was just way too obsessed with technology. Mm. And that was all I read about. What's the latest and greatest? What are the concepts of development? <laughs> Up to the degree where one time, and that was the one of those few managers in my career that really made a difference. He just said, Matthias, you're so good on the technology side, but if you don't start to understand where the business side is coming from then there's only so many levels that you can reach right right so i i was always fighting and, and, and people said no we need to ship this by then and i said it's just not doable and and don't don't you know don't push me because i know you can't do it and, and, mm. and i if i would have known more that yeah i mean after all we're trying to run a business here um mm. And and be a little bit more understanding that the other side is not, you know, just trying to make my life more visible, <laughs> but that, that where are they coming from? That would have helped me tremendously. I think that was, as I said, as I moved over to more of a product management related role, suddenly I found myself in between engineering, sales, communication, and marketing. And I realized, yeah, it's there's so many different aspects to it and if they don't all come together it's pretty much meaningless and that's the one thing i try to teach to think about things more realistically and that's typically also what i'm currently you know trying to massage into some of the younger engineers that just says hey just because you are able to build something or you just built something it doesn't mean you need to release it tomorrow you know? right maybe we just just you know bundle it up, package it so that we have a story to tell, because at the end of the day, you know, a release should not just be a laundry list of features, but there should be a theme behind it and a goal where we say, hey, we worked uh, on so many topics in the area of security, in the area of, but it's, it's, it's sometimes it's hard, it's just, you know, techies are always really excited about what they built and and, and and new stuff and and integrating new things. That's where they really, you know, drive and live upon. But to understand them that, yeah, everything is, you know, part of a bigger thing, that's, that's right. the one advice I would give. But honestly, it took me a while to realize that. And I'm not sure that my, <laughs> me would listen. Mm-hmm. If a gray-haired developer would approach that's, them like that.
0: It's funny you say that because I feel like almost verbatim, that same thing would apply to me. Mm-hmm. And I think you could probably count in... It, it, well, I mean, it's only been a couple of years now that I kind of even started to figure it out, right? And so, like, I wish I could go back and knock on young Paul's door and be like, "Buddy, chill out. It's not all about the. You don't have to beat yourself up about like whether your whether your entity relationship diagram had the right arrows on it. Like, dude, it's mm. that's not the that's not everything, right? Yeah, no, James. And now, well, yeah, oh, James. exactly
1: the same for sure. I, in fact, my. One of my very first mentors, probably a year into my career, said that exact same thing to me, and it would fell in complete deaf ears. <laughs> so I went back to my Java textbooks, and you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's more exciting. Yeah, yeah.
0: Matthias, one more thing from my side, at least for uh, James, obviously, if you have other things too, that's totally fine. But from my side, one thing I want to kind of leave with, or 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 let, give you the chance to sort of leave with our listeners is. You know, we kind of started off with like sort of what do people not understand about low-code, whatever, but what are the questions people should be, like customers or potential customers should be asking themselves about their environments that prepare them for rapid app development kinds of approaches to things? What should they be looking at? What should they be thinking about as they think about rapid app development?
2: Let me me spin this a little bit because... Spin it. You're
1: entering the spin zone. Here's the spin zone. We we need some production value for
2: for this, I feel like. (laughs) I typically try to come from the customer perspective, like where are they now and where do they want to go? So instead Mm -hmm. of saying, hey, these are the requirements, if you don't fulfill them, don't even think about it. And this is the thing, you know, I often get confronted in how far is Neptune better than X, Y, Z. And I'm like, what do you mean with better? I mean, it's not like we're better for what? Better in which scenario? Because I think for example, if you you have a hundred of ABAP developers, then maybe an ABAP centric local platform would be great. Yeah. And, and, and the Microsoft one that just requires you to, you know, have a C-sharp experience would not be so great, regardless of how powerful it may be. It may be, just not be the best for you. So I'm always thinking is, what do you want to achieve? If you feel that, yes, you want to make your team more productive and, you know, better, and I hate the word, but how to better utilize the people mm. in your team or empower them, you know, to put it more prominently, if that's the goal, then of course you should involve them by picking the tools they want to use instead of saying, hey, uh, the CTO made a strategic decision. Uh, and typically at large organizations, uh, the years that the CTO has last touched code is probably a long time, ago. <laughs> long time so, ago. So involve the people that really have to use those tools, right? And say, mm-hmm. okay, what are the benefits? Let them Let them play around with it and then say, okay, I think this platform can help us and that would be a, a much better approach than making these decisions or saying, oh, I have an all-you-can-eat buffet at Microsoft. So obviously, we're going to use Power Platform. And just, just as an example, right? So Red. that's not how to make smart decisions. And and that comes from somebody that, as I said, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a techie by heart. I would have never used tools if you just say, use it. I'm like, no, I, I know best. I know I have spent years, you know, yeah. building my, my, my Eclipse perspective and all the yeah. and, and maybe even the you know the the font I want to use so <laughs> don't don't tell me what to do you know I, I know how to get my part done tell me what you want to accomplish and then we can discuss how we can accomplish things and mm. and that's ultimately I think how we should really start a lot more conversations about what do we want to achieve and what's mm. the best way to get there and if you can break that down into something to say yeah let's take one step at a time and validate our decision you know like you know, the startup guys would say fail off, uh, f- fail early, you know, and then pivot. I don't see that a lot in the in the enterprise software space. No, and strange. I'm saying this in Q4, everybody says, Hey, I got XK still to spend. If I don't spend it, I don't get it, get it, want to get it back next year. So they just spend. And, and with, you know, and it's, it could be so much easier if you just, you know, yeah. It'd be a little bit more yeah, in, you know, involving the people that actually at the end of the day have to use these tools. Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. James, you have anything else you want to drag out of Matthias here?
1: <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, we mentioned at the the start of the podcast, his, his blog post, uh, which we can put in the show notes here. I uh, highly oh, yeah. recommend it. You know, talk about uh, misconceptions. He even summarized it nicely for us, and <laughs> in five neat buckets. And and I, I think it's very important, you know, from an educational standpoint for for customers that you know if you're on the fence, like really take a look at this and and think through. You know, it's the, there's a lot of hype surrounding low code, and it's easy to kind of get you know some of your maybe past experiences even you know for the SAP. You know, Universe, I, 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 after tech ed, I kept hearing stuff about Visual Composer. I'm like, yeah, that was a <laughs> it's kind of a different world, different time that, you know, maybe it's, uh, <laughs> maybe we need to refresh some of our understandings of things. And, you yeah. know, this is a, a good thing to, to add to your reading list.
2: Thanks. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I'm really interested in, in spinning the conversation because there's so many things like, you know, like, for example, what, what Chris Payne brought up the other day is like, do I give really citizen developers access to the production data? And that's another governance thing, right? Yeah, I mean, who can utilize what type of data, but if this, and you definitely don't want to you know, give, allow people to do a delete all production right. data without, without you know at least applying a couple of, of, of sanity checks in there. But these are the type of things we really need to think through. And I'm not saying that we found all the the answers yet. I mean, we're just getting started to dig into this ourselves Mm. as as we see those things coming up, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it's hard because at the moment, it's, it's such a trending topic and Forbes calls it the most disruptive trend in in 21 is is Mm. low code, no code. And, you know, there's a lot of money involved. A lot of people, of course, want to get a piece of that cake and, we all know how the hype cycles work, yeah. But it's not it's not helpful, and especially not as we want to convince also the techies, you know, to do their part and to start thinking about it. And with this marketing hype and everybody can build everything in just you know two two minutes, it's just not helpful in in in, in driving the conversation where it needs to be. So maybe, as I said, it's it's very early. We need to go yeah. through the peak of inflated expectations before we can have probably on a larger scale meaningful conversations but i yeah. definitely love to just keep an open dialogue and focus in zoom in on the topics and on the most important questions we should be all looking at yeah well
1: i loved your your thoughts around abstraction because i i think you know especially for this those of us you know pro code developers quote unquote you know that should Resonate, you know, going back to, to early, you know, computer science mm-hmm. classes and things yep. like that. You know, it's whether you want to call it a loco tool, library, platform, you know, we can get into semantics and, you know, until we're blue in the face. But the bottom line is the higher up the abstraction level we go, the more productive we are. And, you know, I was telling Paul the other day, I remember I used to work with a guy, he's a brilliant software engineer. I mean, absolutely brilliant, but he would argue with me all day long. That he was more productive in assembler than I could ever be in Java, <laughs> and even okay. if that were even oh. if that were the case, you know that I, I think what was, was lost in the conversation there was, you know, that's such an anomaly. You know, we, we got to play the averages. You know, it's yeah. all these myths around, you know, well, you know, why would I throw that to a citizen developer? Like you're missing the point. It's about this abstraction concept that you're talking about and and being able to you know whoever you are pro code loco doesn't matter we've got to get to a higher level of abstraction in order to to really make a dent in these backlogs that mm. just continue to grow
0: yeah yeah guys this has been this has been seriously like uh, we promised we promised to explode psyche's <laughs> earlier on and i think we've done it i think i think the three of us and anyone who listens to this it has uh you know
2: has so you mean the three of us and our mothers yeah <laughs> Uh, not sure oh she's yeah.
0: guys i tell you what my mom is my mom is proud that i do this probably but i guarantee i guarantee you my mom has never listened to even one second of this podcast at all okay it's yeah. not not in her not in her atmosphere at all
1: my mom is still at that i i hear they have the internet on computers now kind of yeah <laughs> Yeah.
2: but uh, this but this episode was for them like oh this yeah. we gotta empower them all yes um, yes so that's the starting point as you said yeah for the revolution
0: all right well to to all of our listeners we bid we bid a good morning good evening good night whatever uh matthias thank you for coming on we i'm sure we'll talk again i'm sure we'll talk again so stay everyone stay tuned and but for right now we're signing off see you guys later
2: bye bye